Come on, dudes, let's get it on. In three, two, one. Howdy! Welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast, a production of Pacific Century Media. I'm Jeff Winger. I'm your host. With me, as always, is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. How you doing, Brian? And I'm ready. I'm doing fine. Okay, okay. He had to engage the mechanism. Uh, <laughs> managing Expectations is the podcast uh, for people who want a pretty good podcast, but who aren't holding their breath for the greatest podcast they've ever heard. You know, you know, Brian, I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that Persian rug makers would intentionally weave a flaw into the fabric of the, uh, uh, of the rug. And that's because their view was that perfection is solely the, in the domain of the Almighty. Uh, in a similar way, we will, we will intentionally weave a flaw in, in our podcast. And in this way, we're managing people's expectations for what they hear. And it is up to our dear listeners to find that flaw. Yeah, find, find the one. It's like uh, finding the flaws in our, in our Managing Expectations podcast is like being a kid at the dentist office with, uh, with a copy of Highlights magazine, just trying to find that, those, those things in the pictures, man. Hey, hey, that clock's upside down. <laughs> I, w- I wonder if, I wonder if this puzzle was made by Persian rug makers. It probably was. <laughs> highlights, highlights magazine and Persian rug, rug makers. Turns out highlights is a Hezbollah front. Is that is that not okay? Is that's good? Are we canceled? Solid. Just just <laughs> flash. Could be the first could be the first flaw. Don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, uh, I've been on a John Le Carre kick here lately, and uh, he's, of course, the uh, what some would say the preeminent chronicler of the Cold War of uh, spies, um, famous for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and uh, um, uh, the Spy Who Came In from the Cold, which we just Mrs. Winger and I just watched that had. Uh, Richard Burton in it, um, and it was uh, it was good. It was good. I mean, I could see that being very powerful in whenever it came out, 1964, 65. Um, uh, we we have the DVDs of uh, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, and Smiley's People, um, and we've been watching that. Now, some people... Some people find uh, Le Carre boring, um, but I'm not one of them. I I, I think he's he really tells. I, I think I mostly think that he's very insightful. Uh, he he claims to have no special secret knowledge of spying and the workings that's, of the British Secret Service. But that's exactly what a spy will tell you. Oh yeah. Well, what else would you expect to hear from a spy? 
right? Right. <laughs> wow. You you stuffed him at the line of scrimmage on that one, Brian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. So, uh, uh, anyway, we've got two more episodes on Smiley's people. I kind of remember how it, how it happens, but Alec Guinness, uh, Le Carre said that Alec Guinness was just the perfect George Smiley. Uh, the thing I like about, about these is, you know, Smiley's pure intellect, you know, he's old, uh, he's pudgy, uh, he's, he's nearsighted, but he's surrounded by these other British agents who uh, are willing to take it outside, you know, mm-hmm. um, but not not in a James Bond sort of way. And and what I don't like about American uh, action heroes, I guess, uh, uh, is is that they are all action, and there's no cerebral no intellectual capacity whatsoever like uh like judy dench judy uh judy dench's q mm-hmm. uh, referred to james bond as a blunt instrument in casino royale is that right that's right yep so um well and james bond is incredibly popular with Americans, because all he does is blow stuff up and drive fast cars. Well, yeah, that's the other thing he does. That's the other thing he's super famous for, Brian. Yeah, well done. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I look. I like John Wayne, right? But name me a John Wayne character who'd like to sit down with a good book. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, because they're all about, you know, deeds, not words. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine to be a, the strong, silent type. You know, you don't have to uh, palaver endlessly. Though, though, one of the great cowboy characters is, um, uh, uh, oh, come on, great Robert Duvall's uh, Augustus uh, McRae. Uh, he. Uh, he, he reads the King James Bible and will sit and talk. Uh, and, uh, well, he doesn't chase, he doesn't chase fast cars unless we're making that like the euphemism for what James right. Bond and Gus actually spent half their time doing. I thought you were going to go with Augustus Gloop and I didn't really remember him as being a cowboy. Who's Augustus Gloop? Who's a Gloop? Who? Is that a Woody? Is, is that a Eddie Murphy character? No, no, that's a clump. <laughs> <laughs> Augustus Gloop is is one of the kids from the uh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, is he the fat one? Probably not. A name like Gloop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a name like Gloop does does connote uh, a measure of fitness. Right. <laughs> yeah. How many Augustuses can you can you name? Augusti. <laughs> How many Augusti can you Well there's Caesar Augustus. Right. Uh then you got Gloop and uh McCrae. So there you go. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Augustus, Augustus. Yeah. 
Uh, I watched uh, Best in Show recently, and uh, my favorite character on that movie is Harlan Pepper, the guy with the blood hand. I used to make my mama crazy naming every kind of nut there ever was. <laughs> Macadamia nut. Pistachio nut. Yeah, he's the he's the best one from that show. He's the best in show. Yeah, uh, he, he was he was great. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of uh, the others. There were the there were the two guys. There's the uh, rich woman. There's Eugene, Eugene Levy is great. Now I haven't seen this. Um, show that I think's on Netflix uh, Shites Creek have you seen this uh, Shitsu's Creek is that, is that it's like that it's like that it's a it's a SCH so I think it's okay double T yeah yeah, yeah. SCH so it's you know it's Germanic grim I I would think that you would have be able to pronounce that but uh uh, anyway, Eugene Levy's hilarious, and uh, what's the other? What's the woman's name? Uh, she's great too. Um, oh, they've been together since SCTV. They're a great pair. Right. See, uh, Cat, I, Cat, Catherine, Catherine O'Hare, Hera. Yep. Um, uh, I watched A Mighty Wind. I always I always favored A Mighty Wind to Best in Show, uh, though that's a minority view. Uh, but re-watching it maybe a year or t- two years ago, a friend was down from Kansas City, and she and I stayed up late and watched it, and it just wasn't as good as I remember. Now, the, the one part that kills me is when Ed Begley Jr., who's like just the whitest, most Scandinavian-looking guy in the world, cuts loose with like a string of Yiddish that that would, <laughs> that would leave John Podhoritz, you know, spinning. <laughs> it was great. It was so it was so funny to me. Uh, but uh, I, I don't. I, it, it didn't. Overall, it didn't. It didn't hold up that great. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen A Mighty Wind, and I didn't. I thought it was okay uh, when I first saw it, and and I don't think I've. I think I've seen it once. I don't think I've ever gone back to it, just because I didn't think it was very compelling. You know, Christopher Guest uh, a couple years ago did a did a did a movie for Netflix, and it um, called I think Mascots about people who dress up. As team mascots and then like compete to see who's the best mascot it, it, it really wasn't very good at all i mean it had some it had some stuff you know um I'll t- i mean jane lynch can be hilarious i thought she was funny in um uh mighty wind you know coming from you know just that bit where she's like so i would do some things that some of the other women wouldn't do and then you know, like the mind is racing, you, you know, and so just just in in uh, the the vagueness of the of the statement, it just compelled, just 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 compelled watching her and what was going to happen next. It was, I, you know, I, I, she's she certainly has a quality, though 
uh, I'm afraid it didn't translate to Glee, which about which I have no working familiarity. Was that a TV show? Apparently, yeah. Mm. Uh, I was confused the songs from that with High School Musical. I want fabulous. Yes, it's a simple request. I want fabulous. I want good, better, and best. Uh, you know what I can't wait for is our annual recap of the Tonys. So, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. that. That's coming up at some point. Well, you've got uh, you've got Broadway in HD. Uh, when are the are the Tonys part of the like midwinter uh, award season? They, they probably are. They probably are, but I, I don't know. Like the week, it's not. It's, it's, not a, it's not on my calendar. Maybe the week before the Golden Globes. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, wow! So they remade. They remade uh, West Side Story, and it's getting terrible reviews. They made it. It's like super PC. Oh really? Yeah. So it's it's on Broadway and people are are hating it. Um, and now Steven Spielberg is redoing it. And so I don't I can't remember what his last movie was. So I don't know if this is the good one or the bad one because Spielberg, for being so talented and so influential, uh, sure can make an occasional stinker. Uh, right. I st- I haven't forgiven him for Hook. Uh, I have more of a problem with uh, Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah. Ha- yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of Kate Blanchett, what did we just watch that had Kate Blanchett in it? She has a new thing, the Miss America. Mrs. America? Have you seen this? No. What? Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Oh, you know what we watched? We watched Elizabeth the Golden Age. A oh. a foreign film with a strong female lead, Brian. <laughs> Probably in my in my wife's Netflix recommendations, not mine. Uh-huh. I, I, that that was like the best thing that Netflix ever did is being able to segment the accounts because uh, the data centers had some data on Mr. Brian Charles Grimm. That, uh, <laughs> First, middle, and last name. Did you want to? Did you want to drop your social security number too? <laughs> well, this is episode ten. I think that we're, we're we have a level of familiarity here. We trust our listeners. Our <laughs> listeners trust us. <laughs> You know, I, I was checking out the analytics, and we are huge. We are huge in Kamchatka. Oh, nice. Good. That's a far, that's a far eastern uh, Russian province. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> Got it. It doesn't make it better now that you get it. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so you were saying. Um, yeah, so, I mean, most of the time when we watch Netflix is that, you know, it's on uh, Mrs. Account. So that's, so we we get the uh, a strong 
female lead. Yeah, for- Kate, Kate Blanchett was terrific in that. Uh, it, it wasn't a very good movie, but Kate Blanchett, man, when she brings it, she's really, really uh, a real presence. Um, and uh, it's it's not just that she's um, be- beautiful, but not in a uh, um, in in a popularly beautiful way, in a in a classically beautiful way, the way Grace Kelly or Charlize Theron are. Kate right. Blanchett is is beautiful, but in a in a way that makes you like say, hmm. That chick looks interesting too, and may I say, intelligent. I'd like to speak to her. Right. Um, I've got to be careful here because she was in Blue Jasmine. Yeah. Did you like that? I thought it was okay. I don't think I got through it. No. No, I I, I started it, and uh, she seemed really troubled and uh, I, I, it wasn't really that I don't really I, I don't love Bobby Cavanaugh um, mm-hmm. I think Alec Baldwin was in it and he was doing I don't, I don't know just and 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 I gotta say look I, I, I've been a Woody Allen fan for you know 35 years um, in fact Mrs. Winger and I saw Hannah and her sisters I think on our honeymoon yeah oh, wow Left the hotel and went down and saw a movie. So, uh, which had Michael Caine in it. Michael Caine has a couple of really great lines in that, um, uh, which don't necessarily have to be reported, uh, re- repeated here. But um, <laughs> he was he was <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so so. I've heard different things about the Woody Allen auto- memoir, uh, right. which, which was has been released online. You can get it on a Kindle. You can get it through Apple iBooks, uh, apropos of nothing. Uh, and I'd kind of like to read it at some point. I, I, I imagine that I will. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Apparently, Dylan Farrow is very compelling but two different jurisdictions did not bring a case against Woody Allen mm-hmm. um, in the molestation of like what a seven year old daughter and right. apparently the 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 as as one as one reviewer put it in apropos of nothing, it's like, look, I've been in the public eye for this long. My my propensities, my proclivities, are widely known. I and and why with, with all of that. Would I molest a child? Because you know, and and so uh, you know a lot. Uh, you know a lot of people. You know, I you know I don't know. 
It's like the Kennedy assassination. I'm not sure you ever know, but right, it's a heck of a deal. But uh, um, I guess I would. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's best for me to remain agnostic on the matter. But I do think he's been making the same movie for the last 20 years. Right. Uh, so as much as I like Kate Blanchett, as much as I've enjoyed Woody Allen in the past, I didn't feel like I needed to sit through uh, Blue Jasmine. And, and, and furthermore, I, I didn't think that uh, Where'd You Go Bernadette was something that I needed to look look. Sarah read that book and she thought that it was it was pretty good but she just seemed like the character was completely selfish and then when she saw the trailer for the movie she was not she's like I'm really not interested in seeing that that's interesting yeah uh I did see okay so so the other the other morning I woke up at like 4:45 and I couldn't get back down to sleep. So I started looking at what new releases, you know, what was on sale on, on iTunes, frankly. And and free plug. Bohemian Rhapsody, four ninety nine this week. I jumped on that with both feet. Good job. Yeah. So um uh, but I was just, I was looking and, and it would seem that with with movie theaters closed because of the COVID crisis, a lot of movies are are going straight to video, but not it. But you know that's always been like a left-handed compliment, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the <laughs> you know, like a Robert Davi movie would go straight to video, or you know, Tremor, some, Tremors too. Uh, anything with Andrew Dice Clay. Right. Oh, he was... Andrew Dice Clay was also in uh, Blue Jasmine. Playing... I mean, maybe he went by Andrew Clay. I don't know. Andy Clay? Right. So he wouldn't be recognized. (laughs) Well, he... Yeah, he's not... He's not really the Dice Man anymore. I don't know. It's... it's funny, you know, I mean, there's all these people that used to line up to work with Woody Allen. And anyway, we're back on that. But um, so I'm, I'm looking at these, I'm watching, looking at previews. So there's a movie called it, it like vivarium uh, or something like that. It, It seemed, it seemed a little close to vibranium. And I thought maybe that's not the best idea. But it's um, uh, it's Jesse Eisenberg and Imogene Poots. Do you know her? Uh, I've heard the name. Imogene Poots. It's yeah. It just really it flows trippingly off the tongue, doesn't it? it does. <laughs> so it looked like okay. So they're a young couple and they're thinking about buying a house and they are shown a home in a subdivision where every house looks exactly alike. It's painted exactly alike. And the realtor is a little, um, creepy in that smarmy British style. What? 
I know. It's, I know. <laughs> There's no I, creepy realtors out there. Um, how many? Okay, so how many realtor characters can you think of in pop culture? Oh, hey, is the okay? So the one dad in Modern Family, I think, is a realtor. Um, somebody in American Beauty, which I never saw, I think, was a realtor. Uh, Jason Bateman in that one movie. Who, right. as your realtor and your friend, right? Yeah, and he'd love to uh, cut his commission, but his company policy and the real estate board says that he can't. So he's just going to have to charge a full commission on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's no. Yeah. So there's no creepy. This is my favorite game on the Managing Expectations podcast. What's up? Uh, how many? How many Augustuses can you name? Augusti. <laughs> and how many realtors in pop culture can you name? This is this is beginning uh, to be a thing. Sure. Well, it's because the gears are always turning, baby. Yep. Yeah, we're always we're always thinking. So what? Uh, anyway. They they don't like the house. They don't like the realtor. They don't like the fact that it all looks alike, and so they go to leave. But you know they take a turn and like they're like no don't don't turn there turn here and then they like end up driving back by the exact same house, and no matter how they drive, uh, no matter how they go, they can't escape. So they just like are stuck in this house. Um, that looks like every other house, and the whole thing just seemed now, you know. And I'm I'm judging. Uh, I have no intention of watching this movie, um, but it seemed to be a uh, ham-fisted critique of middle-class life, uh, living in cookie-cutter subdivisions. You know, everything's the same, and you'll never get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I heard I heard that movie wasn't very good. But like, you've actually heard of it? Yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer, and uh, and I thought, oh, that looks kind of stupid. And then, um, uh, you know, once a week I check out uh, the new the movie reviewing websites, and uh, I think it got one star. Oh. What movie review websites do you check out? I, I like RogerEbert.com. Um, you know, he obviously passed away several years ago, but there's some pretty good writers on that site. Yeah. Uh, and um, and then, you know, they'll have, you know, some other pop culture uh, commentary on there as well. It's pretty good. Do you go to Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I'll go to Rotten Tomatoes from time to time, but... Uh, that's not my favorite. Okay. Okay. I like a more long form when it comes to my movie reviews. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Is it and you get that on rogerebert.com? It's good. Did you watch any uh that uh Netflix that that documentary about him? I haven't uh I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be like great and life affirming and is that uh, life itself? Is that what it's Isn't called? What it's, I, I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Well, okay. I'm pretty sure if you do a Google search for Roger Ebert documentary. 
Well, maybe not. Maybe you'll get every review he ever wrote about a documentary. So uh, Life Itself may be it. Uh, people seem to love it, but it seemed like a bummer to me. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like Fargo or... <laughs> <laughs> Mad Men or something like that. Uh, yeesh. I so going back to John Le Carre. I um so I watched the Alec Guinness uh, Tinker Taylor. Yeah, which was which was very very good. Yeah. Um, but but I haven't seen Smiley's People, and I don't and I haven't even read Smiley's People. So, um, what I mean is it does it hold up against the other one, or what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think well, it does. I mean, Tinker Taylor, I think, broke new ground and introduced you to people and characters. Um, the, the, the premise of Tinker Taylor was, of course, uh, Smiley, George Smiley, is called out of uh, disgraced retirement. And he has to, he's tasked with finding a mole in uh, the British secret clandestine services uh, a highly placed mole and um, uh, in the meantime his opposite number in Moscow is um, a villainous spy master known only as Carla and in um, in Smiley's people there's there's uh, it, it it pits Smiley and Carla against one another, and uh, it, it, it was interesting. You know, it was good, and I kind of like too that there's a um, Le Carre literary universe that without mm-hmm. without having you know recurring characters like you know whatever uh, uh, a Kinsey Milhone. Uh, Adventure or a Travis McGee book um, written by Sue Grafton and John D. McDonald, respectively. Uh, you know, the characters in... So, like, the... Um, char- characters... Uh, Smiley is a presence in, in, in many... Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, he has like a walk-on in The Spy Who Came In From The Cold in the early 60s. And uh, his, the, the the guy, the the agent in the Russia house uh, was a smiley protege. And then in the next book called The Secret Pilgrim, the guy from the Russia house is recounting, I mean, these are books I read, you know, years ago, but you know, they're still kind of, kind of vivid, you know, some of the stuff, um, you know, like Bill Hayden, uh, the bad guy in Tinker Taylor, uh, you know, spoiler alert. Okay. You think, well, was that a flaw or wasn't it? <laughs> well, I we, mean, we welcome your reader reader uh, f- feedback. Even though you you didn't know he was a bad guy until the end, he was still kind of a bad guy. 
Oh, he's the super bad guy. Yeah, yeah until that point. Sleeping with other guys' wives and just being a general gadfly. That's a that's a good word for uh, Hayden. Um, yeah. But it, at one point, he calls the Americans Puritan fascists. And um, as an American, I, I, I don't think that that's... Uh, the, that's not how I would describe America or Americans. Uh, though, without, with, without, without some attention, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill Hayden, fortune teller. Well. I'm I'm saying you know certainly not everybody but I mean you know there's there's an aspect of it you know yeah anyway um yeah yeah um I have did you read did you read a perfect spy no uh I listened to it on audiobook a long time ago and I really have no recollection I don't know if like I didn't get it finished or whatever that's that's supposed to be his most autobiographical work right yeah and the the main character the main character's father is largely written on uh you know John McCarray's real life dad who was kind of a scoundrel and a con man and, and everything else so it's it's in his kind of way of him dealing with his death so it was, it was it was interesting it's pretty good yeah okay so so in just the last couple of years he uh le Carre published a memoir called uh the pigeon tunnel and it's really good he tells uh some some funny stories some poignant stories uh just some good stories like like somewhere near the end he talks about um being not just broke uh in i can't remember if he went to oxford or cambridge but he went to one of the big two in england and he said he wasn't just broke he was insolvent uh or or very nearly insolvent and his roommate with whom he was friends was very wealthy and uh Le Carre gets like a letter and a check and from the trustees of the roommate's trust fund and says this is a loan to be repaid at your convenience um to um uh, to assist you in your current circumstance, but uh, he feels, uh, but he would, that is the roommate uh, for whom the trustees are speaking, would, wishes to not make this a matter of discussion because he feels that matters of finance shouldn't impinge on matters of friendship. And so that helped like hooray out of a terrible bind and after he started to have a measure of success himself mm-hmm. he uh paid it back with what he thought was 
the appropriate amount of interest. Mm -hmm. After which he received another check for the interest saying that the trustee did not feel that in in this case interest was warranted but wow. you know thanked him so it's it's just this so so look john le Carre is a fabulously successful writer i mean he's he's what people yeah. dream about when they think they're going to be a writer uh, somebody who you know gets to travel and and work under their own conditions and not have trouble getting published and honestly there's like 20 writers of that i don't know 30 in the in the world you know well right you know what he probably sold 5 million copies 10 million copies i don't know of all of his books uh I'm sure he's done more than that. I mean, he's but, had some huge books. The Russia House was huge. Yeah. Um, you know, the you know, I th I think Spy Who Came In From the Cold, Tinker Tailor, The Little Drummer Girl in the early 80s, those were all big books on their own. And right. you know, he's had some bad movies made out of his work, but he's also had some really good stuff. Uh and and he's very cleverly uh, created a production company, I think, with his sons. And they have done these uh, BBC miniseries, which actually do more credit to the work. Um, they did a copy of The Night Manager with Hugh Laurie and Tom Hiddleston. Uh, right. And then last year they did The Little Drummer Girl again, uh, which you know, in six hours captures the nuance that you can never get in the Diane Keaton version from the early 80s. Uh, yeah, so I mean, what he's one of, like you said, maybe one of 20 or 30 guys that have sold not only that many books, but then also um, had shows miniseries and movies adapted so yeah yeah so i mean you've got you know okay so there's 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 stephen king there's danielle Steele, there's nora roberts there's a bunch of genre writers there's um james patterson has a new book every like six weeks uh and what's well jurassic we, park Oh, Michael Crichton. He's dead, so his work's really uh, tapered off. Um, although, although that's not always that's not always true. Um, some guys, uh, you know, they keep publishing Tom Clancy novels right. written by somebody else. So it says Tom Clancy in huge letters, you know, written by you know whatever Mark Ruffalo or. Tom Grinder or whatever the guy's name was. Um, hey, I had... I don't want to get all scatological, but... Yeah. Um, I... Someone used the expression growler, and I didn't know what that meant. Do you know... Is that... Is that... Um, perhaps intestinal dysfunction... 
that needs release or is it um, something that has been released? Um, you don't know? In high, school, in high school, I had a friend and that was his way of saying that he's got to go number two. Oh, I, yeah. gotta go I, I gotta go take a growler well maybe and that's that was, maybe that's maybe that's it then and uh um that's quite a transition there <laughs> from Mr. Le Carre to uh my friend when I was 17 years old yeah sorry about that and that's okay uh, but also uh a, a growler um, you know, here in Colorado, where the microbreweries pop up all over the place, it's like a, uh, it's like a, a, a big jug of beer. Like I don't know the official ounces of it, but they call it a growler. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I've heard that. Uh, in Germany, that would be a Stein, wouldn't it? I think it's bigger than a Stein. It's bigger than a Stein. Don't do do steins come in different sizes? I think they do, and I'm pretty sure because my folks used to collect antiques, and we had some vintage old German steins. Um, be, maybe be careful with those. Those are expensive, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I ended up with them. One of them for sure broke, and the other one maybe cracked. So. 64 ounces. Is what? That's a growler. Okay. And a stein. Because if I know the Germans, they've probably got this thing pretty specific. I mean, if... if the French can name bottles of wine and champagne, Rehoboams and Jeroboams and all that. I mean, I would think that the, the Germans would, you know, you know how those people are. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, Steins, Steins can vary in size. Yeah, just like I said. What's what's the uh, milliliters equivalent to sixty four ounces? <laughs> I don't know. Let me put you on hold and let me call a friend in Finland. <laughs> Phone a friend. <laughs> that's that's fresh. That's yeah. a fresh <laughs> reference. <laughs> hey Brian, you are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but isn't uh, isn't isn't uh, millionaire kind of popular right now? Isn't there like an like a celebrity millionaire that's like Jimmy Kimmel or somebody's doing that's real know. big right now? I don't know. I want to go back to uh, Le Carre's uh, Pigeon Tunnel. So then, okay. he, like the, like the last several chapters of the book are about his father, and uh, yeah, he was not a great guy. And um, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, because. Because father and son relationships are so are, are often so problematic, you know. Ha, you know, just they have snags, um, and sometimes it, it just takes you like your whole life to put things in perspective. It's amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I th you know, I think about Springsteen. I think you know, I, I you know, it's only been in the last few years that I've really got to the point with my old man, um, and you know, I, I, look, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to go all carry nation on our, um, you know, hip and um, laissez-faire living, you know, uh, listenership. But, but it, I mean, you know, honestly, it wasn't until I stopped drinking that I, I, I gained a new uh, perspective on the old man because and, and and it really boils down to this it's like you know I mean a lot of a lot of times I think that he um, sought to avoid resp responsibility by saying that he was sick at the time yet was sick with the disease of alcoholism it's just like you know whatever you know but you know yeah but you were also a jerk and and then I think um, I think about things that I did when I was less, had less discretion, used worse judgment in matters. And I, here's the thing, people get to think of me whenever, any way they want. Uh, they can forgive me or not forgive me. Um, that is absolutely their right, their prerogative. Uh, but I think, let's put it this way, I appreciate it very much when people don't hold the worst things I've done against me. I think that's an incredibly gracious act to let me off the hook because ultimately I probably don't deserve it. I mean, you know, you try to get better. You try to, you know, be a mensch. You try to step up and be a better guy and stuff. But I don't know. But... As and I know I don't have to tell you this. Um, uh, people, guys, but people are complex, and sometimes they're really great, and sometimes they're really disappointing. You're one of my best friends in the world, and I believe now. Uh, correct me if if, if I para paraphrase you incorrectly, but just yesterday you said that I was an, to a, an amazing degree understanding and supportive and yet also managing to be a total jerk. Is I that, think that's close. I think that's very close. It's very close to what you were saying, right? Yeah. Exactly it. And then we had a laugh about it. Because mm -hmm. I said, finally, someone who understands me, somebody who gets me. Yeah, which, you know, um, there, <laughs> there was my day job. I said, I, I said something and a woman uh, misunderstood me, uh, a customer, and she, she called me a wise ass. And I'm like, what? I'm sorry, Rick. Really? Uh, you know, and, and like, I didn't take offense. I thought she was just busting my chops, which was fine because we were having, you know, um, a, a, a jocular exchange. And, and I said, did you, did you call me? And she's like, well, well no, but I mean, something tells me that I could. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really funny. Yeah. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, finally, a woman who understands me. 
<laughs> and, we, and we laughed and laughed. So anyway. Um, well, um, listen, uh, we've been at this for uh, almost 15 minutes. We're not running out of time. We don't have a, we don't have a, we don't have a clock. We do have a clock on this thing, but it's, it, we're, not, we're not up against a hard deadline. But uh, I think this has been a good, I think this has been a pretty good show. I think it's been all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've 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 talked about some some serious some higher level genre off authors. We've talked about some some movies. You you made fun of me for having a working relationship with uh, the musical theater. Um, you know, we 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 took we took a and you reminded our listeners that I subscribe to broadway hd once your, again this for is, your daughter is, for your daughter right right yeah, yeah. We, we do these things for our children took a couple cheap shots at steven spielberg uh he'll get I, over it <laughs> <laughs> we uh we referenced the christopher guest uh body of work uh yep. some touched on some kate blanchett and um, directed people to RogerEbert.com when, if you and I would ever get off the stick, uh, we could be directing people to Pack100Media.com uh, where they could go for their long-form uh, reviews. Right. Yeah. They're the sort of trenchant commentary and criticism that... Uh, people are hungry for now i think so they've got some time on their hands uh yeah yeah there's just uh just a few of us americans left moving the economy along right um i hate to talk about the weather but it's still like six inches today it snowed where you are yes it's are crazy you, are you kidding no, and it was like seventy degrees two weeks ago, and it is it is like the dead of winter, cold and snowy today. Ah, uh, it's horrible. That's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. Um, I uh, it, it's been uncharacteristically cool here in the great state of uh, Texas, but it's not been it's not been uh, well. You know, look, we don't get snow in the winter, so we're not going to get it in the spring. Uh, yeah. uh, it was just a few years ago we got a hailstorm so bad I had to <laughs> that I got ripped I got ripped off putting on a new roof. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's something that I'll be more careful about in the future. But um, um, we, uh, yeah, no, today's chill. T today's sunny but uh, cool. You know what? You know what? The last week or so has been here in in North Texas. It's been like spring, someplace normal, not like Texas, where we're often ninety degrees by uh, you know mid April. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right, buddy. Um, good show. Thanks for good show. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for it was all right. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for bringing it this time. You know. I mean, you know, we're doing this over Skype, so literally, you phone it in. Um, right. 
So, uh, um, but we are, as as you know, and as our our growing band of listeners know, available on Apple Podcast. Yes, uh, we're available on Spotify now. That is correct. As well as uh, the original Podbean, Bean Pod, Podbean, Podbean. Of course, of course. I was thinking of Jack and the Giant Bean Pod, <laughs> uh, but it's Podbean. Wasn't there like a pretty gritty, uh, kind of a hyper violent Jack? Uh, in the Beanstalk movie a couple of years ago? Yes, with Ewan McGregor. With Ewan McGregor. Ewan? How do you say it? Ewan? You, Ewan. Ewan? Ewan, your wife? Ewan McGregor? <laughs> no, Ewan McGregor. I mean, you know, if... If that one young actor's name is Sh- Sh- Saoirse Ro- Ronan, Saoirse, 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 it's Saoirse. Um, frankly, you just can't you can't go by anything um, that the that the Gaelic peoples are coming up with. You know, I watched um uh I watched a news report out of Belfast. I I now see I think that going to Belfast would be like going to um I don't know, Philadelphia. Someplace like you know, no, there's not as much history in Belfast as there is in Philly. It would be like going someplace kind of gritty and violent and troubled. But um Pitt, Pitt, Pittsburgh. I think Belfast staying, staying in the state of Pennsylvania. Maybe more like Kansas City with like a really violent past because as 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 we know as late as the 70s uh, Italian gangs and black gangs were blowing buildings up, cars up. Um mm-hmm. you know, it, I mean there there were like there was like gang warfare. And right. yeah. Um so um, so, so I don't know. I'd like to, you know, I, I'd like to, for, for some reason I got to, and, and it's kind of, I think it's like Van Morrison, you know, I, I'm a Van Morrison fan. He's from Belfast. Kenneth Braun is from Belfast. Both of them have transcended it, but you know, it's, it seems really working class. I don't know. Maybe Belfast is similar to Chicago. I mean, I don't think it's that prominent in, in the, uh, uh, is it the UK or the or Great Britain? I honestly don't. I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how that works. But um, the west coast of Europe. Well, it's less European all the time, apparently. Yeah. Oh yeah, they don't. I guess they since don't really... they Brexited. <laughs> anyway, I, I, anyway, I, I watched. I also I also dig the accent, which which I think the English make fun of. Um, but but I you know I like it. Um, if they have any room to talk <laughs> I remember 
our first trip to England, we were in London and we were stranded in a pub and it was a whole thing because there was a miscommunication with the place we were staying. And uh, a woman in the, in the pub said she loved my accent. And I'm just thinking, I don't have an accent. You people do. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we're available on uh, Managing Expectations is available on Apple Podcasts. We're really just getting this thing going. I think that we are more interesting than we are boring and wishing that we'd get down to it. Uh, so we'd love a five-star review. We'd love uh, for you to give us some... Um, you know, critical feedback. Mrs. Winger will uh, remind me that uh, I say uh too often. But, um, you know, we're keeping it real here, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's what I'm going to tell Mrs. Winger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're keeping it real. So this has been Managing Expectations. I'm Jeff Winger for Brian Grimm and myself. We really appreciate you listening for uh tuning in and uh we look forward to uh talking again next week so brian we got lots to do let's got go lots to, to do let's get to work let's go to work